0: When we're young, we move with freedom and confidence, with a great resilience to injury. But somewhere along the line, we develop poor habits and become more vulnerable to back pain. Back Pain Solutions features evidence-based and practical advice to help you take back control of your health and get back to the activities you love. This is your guide to better back health through movement. So join us as we demystify some of the commonly held beliefs about back pain and build your confidence to a stronger back the smart way. Okay, welcome back to the Back Pain Solutions podcast, everybody, with me, Ben James, my co-host, as always, Jacob Stain. This is the second episode of our Back Pain Pregnancy podcast mini-series, I guess, where we're talking today about the second, third trimester, looking at the weight gain, those physical changes, talking about diastasis recti. Previously, we talked about the hormonal changes, the impact that has on ligaments with relaxing progesterone, those hormones that impact ligaments and cause the laxity of ligaments even early on uh, in the uh, pregnancy and how that can create instability, increased risk of injury that leads to more susceptibility of injury. Today, we're very much focused on the progression of the journey through pregnancy and how weight gain, physical changes can impact muscles other structures within the spine and can contribute lead to back pain now some of these changes again like with the hormonal changes are unavoidable but it's important to understand how they potentially impact back health and some of the things that you can try to do to limit the risk so we're going to focus on weight gain and those physical changes we're going to focus a little bit around nutrition and we're also going to talk about diastasis recti that seems to be a common question among female patients that are pregnant the the concern around diastasis recti and is it avoidable and what can you do post-pregnancy to try and get those uh, anterior abdominal wall back to normality for want of a better term we'll also talk a little bit about some of the things that we need to be uh, focused on post-pregnancy given that there's this potentially um your first child maybe and and it's completely new this additional weight that you've got to move around and some of the things just to consider uh, as part of that uh, process because undoubtedly as we said in the last episode at a bit of an increased risk before we start just again reiterating the point from last time that get on over to the www.smartstrong.co.uk website there's a free book there where we've got a lot of guidance, not just from the point of view of back pain and pregnancy, but for anyone suffering from back pain, opportunity to take advantage of a free ebook that's really going to give you some clear guidance on taking back control of your back pain within the next seven pa- days, empowering you to take some ownership with the knowledge you need for better back health. So, Jacob, we talked last time about hormonal changes. Today, physical changes, weight gain, unavoidable, and uniquely in this case, weight gain is very much focused anteriorly. So if we're, if we're gaining weight from simply overeating, then often there's there's a distribution of weight in other areas of the body, and there's going to be an element of that during pregnancy, but a lot of that weight gain is anterior. So during the second, third trimester, one of the things that we see is that that's point, a central point of gravity kind of changes and that leads to a lot of tension. So the research is evidenced in the extensor muscles of the back and we know the impact they can have on back health. So starting off here, increased tension extensors, what does that lead to?
1: Well, it leads to more pressure going through the spine and that's, that's the whole concern here. Like you say, there's a weight gain in, on the anterior aspect of the body, so the, the belly gets bigger. And so the muscles on the back of the spine, at the lower back especially, also at the upper back, they have to work harder to carry the weight in the front, a bit like a crane. You know, you need more weight on the back, depending on how much weight you're going to be lifting at the uh, front of the crane. So the muscle contraction in the back, those extensors you just mentioned, Ben, they will literally, because they're so close to the spine, cause compression of the spine. It's almost like you're pushing the spine. Uh, you know, you're 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 pushing two vertebrae towards each other, and that's just compressing the disc.
0: Yeah, so we're kind of squeezing them together because those muscles are are compressing it like an accordion. For example, it's squeezing the the spine together, yeah. but also good example the, the tightness in those muscles is is in itself um a, a pain source potentially because if you've got that uh, continuous contraction of those muscles particularly when you're standing then that in itself can lead to discomfort which is when a lot of people would try and stretch out those muscles and and flex through the through the spine to try and stretch those muscles out which is what we always recommend to to avoid more difficult with with um, in pregnancy anyway because the 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 growing fetus baby is it prevents a lot of that kind of anterior bending but it's often one of those things that people try and stretch through so something to avoid um, doing because really that that movement is then adding compression to the back or to the to the discs and kind of compounding the problem
1: exactly and um, just like you said I think that it's all about the the endurance factor so You know, the spine is enduring this compression and at a certain point it reaches uh, too much compression for too long and then you start getting pain and symptoms. And what we recommend doing is not to hang forward and stretch out the low back muscles, but actually in the case of, of a pregnancy, you know, try and find a comfortable position on your back or on your side where we decompress and we allow that disc to be freed up because of the muscles now relaxing and that'll give you a second breath and enable you to do your thing again when you get up.
0: Yeah, and do you, do you advise patients in terms of a, a good position of, of comfort to relax those back muscles because often um, with, with general back pain sufferers, we would recommend the, the tummy line exercise where you're, you're lying on your tummy, allowing that back to relax, takes a lot of pressure out the discs, allows those extensors to to relax as well but clearly uh, depending on the stage of pregnancy lying on the tummy it becomes ever ever more difficult
1: exactly so when you reach a point where you can't lie on your tummy anymore what i recommend to patients pregnant ladies is that they should try to find a comfortable position on their side generally pulling the knees up knees on top of each other so the the pelvis and you know the hip bones and the shoulders are lined up so there's no twist going through the spine but also they can alternate that with or try for this position which is lying on their back and having their legs or put their feet onto something so not maybe as high as a chair but maybe 10 20 centimeters off the ground resting their feet on there because that that causes the low back or at least causes the the pelvis to rock back. And so you get a little bit of length in the low back because quite often a lot of uh, pregnant women will experience uh, increased lumbar lordosis, which means the the low back will will be arched even more. And that obviously uh, goes together with the muscle contraction and that causes even more compression on on the spine itself. So when they lie on their back, and you have the feet on something, and like they a just
0: cushion do, or pillow, something. Could like
1: that. that will work? Yeah, exactly. And they do a little bit of belly breathing. Then the extensor muscles, the lower back muscles, will will gradually relax, and they'll, in most cases, feel a lot of uh, comfort in that position.
0: And um, you mentioned belly breathing. Do you want to just explain that, uh, just for the for the listeners, just so that's uh, that's clear.
1: Uh, Absolutely, that's a good one because I think for a lot of people, especially my patients of all kinds, belly breathing is something that as soon as I get them to, you know, I put them on the spot and I say, I want you to do some belly breathing and we use some feedback, putting one hand on the belly, one hand on the chest, they quite often, they're not simply not able to even do it. And what we really want to focus on is keeping the chest still So breathing through the chest into the belly, you'll feel the belly when you're lying in your back, for example, raising, right? So there's as little as possible chest movement if you really focus on purely belly breathing. But otherwise, you'll have minimal chest movement, chest expansion, or raising of the chest if you have your hand on your chest, but you have the belly becoming big as you breathe in, and that means that you're using the diaphragm and you know, it's it's a muscle that when it contracts, it's actually pushing the gut and all the organs downwards towards your pelvis and so the belly gets bigger. And I'll just explain what that actually does when you yeah, either… Absolutely. Because, you know, it's important, I think, for people to know why it, it has such a big effect. Well, first of all, it moves you towards the parasympathetic nervous state, which means that you're you, you're going towards relaxation, a bit like when you do meditation or relaxation exercises or going into sleep. And that's going towards recovery. But also what it does is when you lie on your belly, uh, doing the, the tummy lying exercise, we like, we recommend for low back patients or in this case, maybe on your side or on your back, the belly breathing action will cause a sort of movement through the spine so it's it's in a way it's elongating the spine so it's it's uh, de- it's 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 having this pumping effect of a decompression of the discs and that allows the discs to you know it stimulates the drawing up of water and fluid and uh that's exactly what we want
0: yeah great i, th- I think that's important because if uh, if you are going to be doing this uh this exercises, relaxation, exercise in your back, then certainly it's a good opportunity to try and and employ that uh, breathing strategy, which is far better, again, with regards to stability of the spine than the kind of lazy breathing that uh, we see quite often. And it, and it's one of those things that a lot of people will just not even make consideration for or, or have an idea mm-hmm. that, that they're doing. Um, so it, I think it's a really valuable point. Uh, back to your point on tummy line you mentioned bringing the the knees up we have talked before about knees to to chest stretching and just to clarify here we're not talking about knees to chest stretching we're talking about just bringing those knees up a touch but keeping that that back as always in neutral
1: exactly so yeah we, we we don't want to like you say we don't want to pull the knees up because that's in some cases, if there's irritation of a disc, that's going to cause that pelvic rock to go too far. And then we cause a sort of where fl- we have a flexion movement in the low back. And that's going to compress that irritated disc. And that might feel like, you know, sometimes we like that low level, okay, I'm looking up the pain stimulation and we wonder, is it good? Because I got to get some movement through there. But what we're actually in most cases, what we're doing is we're we're just stimulating and causing or going towards that pain trigger and so we we're, we're just irritating that injury and that's exactly what we don't want to do
0: no absolutely so like with the in the last episode we talked about hormonal changes they're unavoidable you know if you're pregnant then that that's going to happen and and that's going to lead to lig- ligament laxity increases risk similarly if uh, as the journey through uh, pregnancy proceeds the 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 weight gain is going to increase and, and the anterior weight gain is going to increase as baby grows. So you can't avoid that weight gain, clearly. And the center of gravity does move forward, it does shift, which does put more pressure on those extensor muscles. So as you're walking, you may notice this stiffness in the low back. Don't be tempted to really try and stretch those muscles out. Focus on trying to relax those muscles with the sideline or lying on your back exercises described, that's going to be far more beneficial to uh, those muscles and to your your spine health than trying to stretch through the back, which is maybe going to give you a short-term feeling of uh, relief, but it's not going to be beneficial, um, really, because it's not not going to be stretching those muscles out that we want to do, it's relaxing those muscles. And you mentioned about the lumbar lordosis, Jacob. We're not seeing structural changes here, guys. The the lumbar lordosis doesn't really arch More and stay in that that way is very much the evidence says around the uh, tension in the extensor muscles, Uh, and so that's why it's important just to focus in on those and allow those to relax. Good point, um, here, Jacob. Maybe just to talk a little bit about nutrition because the weight gain with pregnancy is you know goes with the territory, but of often nutritional choices can impact weight gain so we can limit weight gain we can we can help manage weight gain uh, as part of this process yes it's going to happen to some degree which is going to influence spine mechanics and and tension on certain muscles as we've said but nutritional choices will have an impact and an influence on the amount of weight gain but also the potential for inflammation and other uh, effects so, do you want to talk a little bit about some of the nutritional strategies to consider in terms of meal frequency and those kind of things that, yeah. that could be of benefit at this point? Yeah,
1: sure. Um, first of all, we, we have to make a little disclaimer, Ben, that we're men and we, we're trading on very <laughs> dangerous yeah, ground here. So, we're not telling anybody what they should do. I mean, we both have uh, little ones. And so we've we've been ex- we've gone through it together with our wives, um just for a little bit of clarification, but yeah sure so the uh, I think the, the the rule is generally that when you're uh pregnant, you should not go hungry, you know, as someone who would be dieting or something of that sort, because the idea is that of course you need to provide the fetus worth enough nutrients and if you go hungry then there's a chance that you're not doing that sure but but the thing is that we can we can we can go different down different pathways to make sure that we get enough food or we uh, we feel full uh, after meals and the so the idea is that we we want to not as we would call eat a lot of empty carbs but we want to go towards uh, nutrient rich and a sort of anti-inflammatory diet which is going to support the growth of the fetus in other words we want to make sure that we we get a very we have a very nutrient dense diet and i especially i would like to refer to the micronutrients but also making sure you get enough fat because this is this is very important for the development of the baby and the growth and you know, we, we don't necessarily need a hell of a lot of carbs in that case. And so the the idea is that if we if we eat a lot of carbs, which generally if you look at a plate of pasta or bread or a lot of rice, then you know it's not going to be as nutrient dense as other foods, which means you'll probably eat a lot more before we reach that satiety level in the brain, which gets signaled by by getting enough Micronutrients into your body.
0: Yeah, great point. And I think, like like you say, we're you know we're not here to preach about nutrition. We've we've both had uh, partners that have gone through this process, and there are food cravings. There are certain things that you know m- my wife had. She was particularly uh, f- experienced a lot of morning sickness, and there were certain foods that just really helped with that. Bread, toast in the morning was was one of those. You know, so you've got to do to a certain degree what you've got to do, but it's certainly. Uh, some some beneficial insights there that could help, just in terms of that satiety, just in terms of that nutrition, and just in terms of that contribution to back health in an indirect way, in terms of trying to manage uh, the, the the levels of weight gain that that are experienced, and I think as that weight gain increases, as that that tummy expands, this is when we get that risk of diastasis recti. We we know about the anterior abdominal wall, we know about the, the importance of that for contributing to, to spine stability. So diastasis recti, a lot of the evidence would say that most women are going to experience it to some degree. and And how can you not? Because diastasis recti, which a lot of people think is a separation of muscles, is actually a separation of the connective tissue between the two columns of the um rectus abdominis the this kind of six-pack muscles the columns of muscles that are joined by connective tissue as a baby grows you have to have expansion of the anterior abdominal wall otherwise there's no room for that development so everyone's going to experience it to some degree that connective tissue is going to separate is going to expand to accommodate the baby what can we do to limit that? Can we do anything to limit that? Or is is it just a, a, a misconception about that issue, Jacob?
1: Yes, that's a good question. Um, well, we spoke a little bit about this and I also looked into some of the research and it was quite uh, easy to be convinced that there is a lot you can do to... Well, not prevent it, but prevent it from being a real problem, and making sure that the the recovery afterwards and the uh, the returning of the muscles, you know, the, uh, the, the getting the the diastasis recti to to lessen and, and get back to a normal state like it was before you got pregnant, is actually a, a big possibility, you know. And so then the question is, how do we do that? And the answer is very simple. It's doing uh, core exercises, so especially strengthening the abdominal wall. And of course, the timing of doing that is very important. If you have that already strong before the pregnancy, that's going to be a big advantage. But also doing the exercises during the pregnancy, especially in the first phases, because later it becomes very difficult and then we have to let the body... Do its thing, and, and the exercises would not be focused on, especially in the, the second, halfway through the second, especially third trimester. The exercises we recommend would be more focused on the posterior chain and walking and relaxation exercises. But then also after the pregnancy, then, you know, that it's very good to get to gradually throughout the healing process, increasing the level of. Uh, core exercises and building the strength again around that uh, protective muscle layer especially in the front and the sides of your of your abdomen.
0: Yeah, and I think the, the the actual muscle the actual exercises that would be would be advised are like with any other back rehabilitation program they they are very much neutral uh, spine based exercises, spine sparing exercises focused on endurance of those muscles keeping that spine in neutral to develop the endurance that will ultimately support uh, the spine stability. And there are exercises that you can do throughout the pregnancy, certainly during um, the initial stages and into the second trimester, that, that will help you to build that endurance and support you know, postpartum back health and uh, abdominal endurance and spine stability, which... As always, are in in the ebook on the on the website. Head over to there for some of those resources. I think for me, one of the big uh, risk factors is is kind of immediately postpartum because as your as the baby's growing, the the tension remains on the anterior abdominal wall to some degree. Yes, you're going to get that separation of connective tissue. You're going to get some diastasis recti. You're going to experience that to some degree. Everyone is. Well, I say everyone is women that go through pregnancy are because that that connective tissue has to spread um, to accommodate the baby. Immediately postpartum, those muscles aren't going to just return to the tension they were at before and you've now no longer got the baby applying that tension internally. And so a bigger risk postpartum because you've not got the contribution contribution of the anterior abdominal wall as much to spine stability so when we suddenly start to lift a baby out of a cot and move that weight around having a real focus on neutral spine is is fundamentally important because there is much greater risk at that point
1: yes i i totally agree there that's the uh spinal hygiene that we talk about the awareness of moving through the big levers you know moving through the knees and through the hips and understanding what a neutral spine is for you as an individual,
0: yeah, and I think that it, like, like we say with, with regards to diastasis recti, the focus very much is on that that separation of the connective tissue between uh, rectus abdominis. There are other muscles that contribute to the anterior abdominal wall, the um, the internal obliques, the external obliques, as examples. So there are a lot of exercises that can contribute and help contribute to anterior abdominal wall strength, stability, endurance, pre-pregnancy, during pregnancy, and certainly post-pregnancy, that should be recommended at the right time to start to get that abdominal wall strong again, start to help return those muscles to, to a pre-pregnant kind of pregnant state to, uh, uh, as much as possible because they are fundamentally important to spine health. So once you've gone through that process, if you're focusing on those abdominal wall muscles and exercises, then to a large extent, diastasis recti will return to to normality.
1: And I just want to get back, Ben, to what you said earlier about, uh, you know, when you do those exercises, you know, do them in a neutral spine and be aware of uh, not, you know, just not doing any sort of flexion-based exercises, doing doing the exercises properly, that's not going to, uh, cause any problems elsewhere. And I want to emphasize that because what I see a lot of women are doing, especially when they get back to full training and they've recovered after their after the delivery, is they, they think, well, all of a sudden, and I've never done this before quite often, now I've got to start doing sit-ups and I've got to start doing sort of Russian twist variations because you have a lot of yoga exercises where you would... Or Pilates exercises, uh, well, some yoga exercises, well, which is similar. We sit on your bum and you have your knees pulled up, feet off the floor, and your your upper body is also kind of 45 degrees off the floor. So you you do like a kind of a V sit with your knees bent. And these are all e- you can almost say extreme forms of flexion-based exercises because when you're sitting like that or making a sit-up, there's there's almost no possible way that you're going to maintain a neutral spine in other words you're going to put a lot of pressure through the discs and there's a good chance that you will get injured you know injured to the point where you become aware of your injury but a lot of the injury already happens before you become aware of it of course we have to keep that in mind but yeah my suggestion is you know if you're wondering what should i do for exercises after uh after Having given birth, and you're at about four, five, six months, and you're now gradually building up to doing uh, full-on hard, uh, like core exercises. My suggestion is: be very careful with flexion-based exercises. First, work on getting strong in your neutral spine. And I, to be honest, I would even recommend not going anywhere near flexion-based exercises. Because they're not going to provide you with real stability throughout the spine, and uh, the the benefits of doing them in terms of uh, working on a diastasis recti, you know, it's not going to give you any more benefit than the other exercises, which which incorporates all the muscles of the anterior abdominal wall and on the sides. So it's it's really not worth the risk, to be honest.
0: No, and I think. Certainly, you mentioned there about trying to suddenly um, start exercises in and, and trying to get the body back to uh, where it was before. And there's a lot of pressure uh, for a lot of women that they feel like they need to. I think the, the point is your body's gone through a lot of changes. Be patient. Um, yes, from a health point of view, it is beneficial, for certainly from a spine hygiene point of view, as which is our focus. But it's picking the right exercises and progressing slowly to support that spine and to start to rebuild those muscles and choosing the right uh, exercise frequency. Because otherwise, like you say, Jacob, you, you know, you're know you just increasing your risk. And that risk is compounded if we're not really focused on movement patterns. Because suddenly, you're trying to lift a baby out of a cot or you're trying to get a car seat uh, with a baby in into the car. and suddenly these movements to keep your spine in neutral become far, far more challenging. You've really got to focus on things like the the golfer's lift, so you can keep your back straight, arch over your hip to try and get baby out of the cot, uh, certainly as they grow bigger. These things are so, so fundamentally important because if you're not doing any of that, you're not focusing on that spine hygiene, and then you're going to do flexion-based exercises, suddenly you find yourself in a vicious cycle of uh, which can really lead to some significant back injuries and back pain. So not only is it choosing the right exercises, it's choosing the right movements and becoming very, very confident and knowledgeable about those movements. Squatting patterns, lunging patterns, all these things that help us to do daily activities whilst keeping the spine neutral and in a healthy position. Because as you'll know, Jacob, and as I've experienced, it doesn't take long for that baby to, to put on more and more weight and suddenly you've got to be more and more conscious of that back health.
1: Absolutely. So I just want to add to that that you know, if, if you're finding yourself in a situation where you've got to look after a baby now and you know, you're still recovering, think about the strategy that you use. If you just stand still for a second before you pick up your baby or before you, you do something heavy with your body, Just think of the strategy that you're using where where do i have to exert power where do i have to stabilize what's my back position like what do i feel what do i feel afterwards you know and if you start analyzing that and you know it really doesn't have to take a lot of time you'll do it a few times and you're aware of it and you understand it and you, you don't have to spend so much time on it anymore
0: yeah, it becomes subconscious. It becomes, you know, trained kind of neurology. But certainly being more intentional and more conscious with those movements at exactly. the beginning is, is exactly. definitely going to be very beneficial for you in terms of laying that foundation and laying that, that platform for this kind of new... Um, new world as it were with a with a baby in your life I'm sure you'll have experienced Jacob just how difficult sometimes it is getting um, that added weight into certain positions in the car and you're suddenly lifting heavy pram or you're lifting more equipment, you're taking more things with you wherever you go really it is important to consider those movements um, early on because like we say prevention is always better than curing a problem if you're suffering from back pain at the moment post-pregnancy then absolutely like with a lot of other patients that we see the neutral spine learning to brace learning key movement patterns removing those pain triggers such as bending through the spine are all going to help with that journey to recovery but if you can be conscious of them before the problem occurs then clearly you're going to be in a, a far far better position so jacob anything else you want to add i think that for, for me here that again there are changes that are going to occur which you can't avoid but as always there are things and strategies you can employ to help reduce your risk to to limit impact during pregnancy to help resolve back pain during pregnancy and post-pregnancy a lot of things to consider um, when when pregnant and and welcome in this new arrival back pain isn't necessarily high on the agenda but it soon becomes high on the agenda when it's causing pain and significant pain which sadly we've um, experienced with a lot of patients so anything else you want to advise other than what has been discussed so far no
1: not really I just want to say that what you said about prevention you know if you are thinking of starting a family or having another kid and you have the opportunity to start working with some of the aspects we discussed here in terms of building capacity, building tolerance, and uh, have a strategy to prevent your back injury or your body from not being able to enjoy the process that you're about to start, then uh, I would suggest work on a prevention strategy. That would be the best.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great point. And, and as always, we've mentioned it once already, uh, we've got a great ebook that we've created over at uh, www.smartstrong.co.uk. And a lot of the strategies there are very much focused on movement patterns, key uh, pain triggers, things to avoid, uh, strategies to help you avoid back pain and start to build endurance safely around those muscles that are so important for spine health. So really get on over to the website and, and take a look at that, download that just so you can really start to feel empowered and take back some control if you're suffering from back pain because we know it's not a nice experience. Jacob's had a significant back pain problem. I myself have experienced back pain and these movement strategies undoubtedly help. As always, head on over to itunes give us a rating on there any feedback is really helpful helps to share the show with other people spread the word helps us develop our content and make improvements through this journey of building this podcast building this website to help support people with lower back pain so we always appreciate the ratings and the reviews that we're getting and we're seeing a a number of those come through which is fantastic so thank you for that As always, thank you for listening. Jacob, thank you. And we'll catch you again soon, guys, with another episode.